0: This is a podcast by The Straits Times.
1: Hello and welcome to Bookmark This, a Straits Times podcast in which we talk about books in the headlines and recommend to you new reads. I'm Toe Windley Lee and I'm here today with my co-host, Olivia Ho. Hello. Today we're going to be talking about six books from around the world that have been shortlisted for the International Booker Prize. The prestigious award is given every year to a book that has been translated into English and published in the UK or Ireland. So the shortlist this year consists of the following titles. Heaven by Miko Kawakami. Elena Knows by Claudia Pinheiro. A new name, Septology 6-7 to by Yon Fossa. Tomb of Sand by Gitanjali Sri. The Books of Jacob by Olga Tokarjuk. And Cursed Bunny by Bora Chung. Nearly all of them are women. The £50,000 prize, which is more than 85000 Singapore dollars, is going to be split equally between the author and translator. The result will be announced on May 26 after the deliberation from the five judges, one of whom happens to be the Singapore-born translator and author Jeremy Tiang. Some people think the frontrunner is The Books of Jacob, which was written by the Nobel Prize-winning Polish writer Olga Tokarczuk and translated by Jennifer Croft. The Books of Jacob is an epic historical novel of more than 1,000 pages about a religious leader, and it has been described as the author's most ambitious work yet. So, Olivia, you've been plowing through The Books of Jacob for several months now. What have you got to say about this book?
0: So, when you say several months, it has really been several months. Mm-hmm. Uh, notably, I do read books quite quickly, but this book has been pretty hard for me to get through. Uh, a, it, is, it is an extraordinary book in many senses, and I sometimes despaired of ever finishing it. So, I never DNF that's do not finish, uh, and I very rarely do that, but I came so close with this book. Uh, Toka definitely the front runner this year. She's already won the prize before with flights, uh, right before she got the Nobel. And uh, she was also a strong contender in 2019 with Drive Your Pulau Over the Bones of the Dead. Now, the effect of her double win in 2018 was to propel her work, which was already acclaimed in Poland, uh, to international attention. And so this English translation of a magnum opus by Jennifer Croft is in a way made possible by the international booker itself. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, quite a recursive way to look at the prize. It's hard to imagine a publisher taking a chance on something so vast and arcane without the guaranteed spotlight that the prize like the book, it brings now, this book is very difficult to explain, although for the sake of this podcast, I must attempt it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, like you say, it is uh, about a religious leader uh, called Jacob Frank in 18th century Poland. So he was a real live messianic figure who started out as uh, Jewish, and then he was later baptized into the Christian faith. And then he was in prison for 13 years for heresy. He escaped uh, thanks to some help by the Russians. Uh, then he, he went to Austria, where he attempted to curry favor with the Viennese court by having his daughter seduce the Austrian emperor. Emperor, and then finally he was expelled, and he settled down in Offenbach, and he died. Uh, so his followers called him the Lord, and uh, you know they followed his uh, his followed his word slavishly, and they believed him to be the reincarnation of a number of holy figures, including the biblical patriarch Jacob. Uh, but they were essentially a cult, and. He, they practice a lot of sexual deviancy. So, for instance, Jacob himself he maintained a harem of women, mm-hmm. several of them very young, uh, and he would marry some of them off to his male followers. But then he would tell the men and women to sleep with different partners every night, and he organized it. So he'd be like, "Tonight, you sleep with her and her, and then uh, she will sleep with him and him." And the thing is, he doesn't even appear in the book until one hundred pages <laughs> in. So before that, we're just looking at other characters. Um, so Togar Jakashi has described the structure of this book as a constellation novel, and it jumps through time, it jumps across places, uh, and it goes between the perspective of what feel to me like a hundred different characters, probably slightly fewer, but you know I didn't really keep count. Uh, though if I will say, if you don't take notes, you're going to forget who anybody is in this book, especially because in the middle, a whole bunch of them get baptized and then they have different names. Oh, dear. <laughs> so it's very hard <laughs> to keep track. Uh, I found the male followers particularly hard to tell apart. The women were more interesting to me, uh, both because I was able to distinguish them more, and they also suffered a great deal more. So there's like Hannah, who is uh, Jacob's long-suffering wife, who has to deal with him sleeping with all these other women. Uh, Gitler, who is the illegitimate Polish princess, who at one point, is Jacob's bodyguard and then later is the discarded mother of one of his many children uh, Avaka or Eva who is his incredibly beautiful daughter who spends her life under his control I think that there's a line in the book that says something like uh, she only likes herself when he likes her Uh, and you know then she so she takes her to Austria and basically pushes her into the bed of the Emperor Joseph uh, II of Vienna and then she later succeeds her father as the de facto leader of the Frankists Um, and then finally there's Yenta who is this elderly lady who on her deathbed swallows an amulet and then she spends the rest of the narrative suspended in this omniscient limbo in which she can observe most of the events of the book from above and comment on them but she's you know between life and death and in fact she witnesses the entirety of jewish history out to the 20th century the second world war and her body the whole time is slowly turning into crystal in a cave
1: so what impressed you about this novel
0: oh uh, i think it's very impressive the translation obviously i do not speak polish so i've never read this in the original but i just can't keep thinking of the Depth of work that Jennifer Croft must have gone to in order to convey this. Um, in quite notably, in a landmark move, Croft campaigned to have her name on the front of the cover along with Tokajuk's. Mm. That's this was not the case for flights, which uh, she had previously won with Tokajuk in 2018. And in fact, it's not commonplace for the translator to have uh, his or her name on the cover. So I'm glad she succeeded in this because uh, translators truly deserve that credit. And a big element of the international Booker is that recognition for the translator because the prize is equally split. Mm between mm-hmm. writer and translator. And in the books of Jacob, uh, she and Tokajuk have produced these, some of these passages are really wonderful. Like Tokajok has this really wry, funny way of writing sometimes. And then sometimes she goes hideously dark and Jennifer Croft conveys all of this very well. So you you, know, you can't tell it's a translator word. There's no awkwardness. I'm going to read one of my favorite passages, which is from the chapter titled Of How the World Was Born of God's Exhaustion. Every now and then, God wearies of his own luminous silence, and infinity starts to make him a little bit sick. Then, like an enormous, omnisensitive oyster, his body, so naked and delicate, feels the slightest tremble in the particles of light, scrunches up inside itself, leaving just enough space for the emergence, at once and out of nowhere, of a world. The world comes quick, though at first it resembles mould, delicate and pale, But soon it grows and individual fibers connect, creating a powerful surrounding tissue. Then it hardens. Then it starts to take on colors. This is accompanied by a low, barely audible sound, a gloomy vibration that makes the anxious atoms quake. And it is from this motion that particles come into being, and then grains of sand and drops of water, which divide the world in two. We find ourselves now on the side of sand.
1: That's lovely and it doesn't feel translated. Yeah, it feels very it's nice natural. and beautiful,
0: natural. Unfortunately there is a lot of other stuff to wade through um to get these fit.
1: <laughs> but it's worth it.
0: Yeah, I would say it's worth it. It's it's very hard for me to be to like recommend you must read this book because honestly it's gonna take up so much of your time. It took
1: me months. It and sounds very heavy, literally and yeah. metaphorically. So for those of us who haven't um who haven't read anything by this author before, where would you recommend we start?
0: So people generally advise that newcomers to Tokarczuk start with Drive Your Plough Over the Bones of the Dead, which is perhaps her most plottish novel. It's a kind of a Polish murder mystery with an elderly, unreliable narrator. Um, Flights, the book that she won the, book of, the international booker for last time, uh, is fantastic, but it's also really philosophical. It's a series of vignettes and it's quite hard to pin down, although it's still definitely a much lighter read than the books of Jacob. <laughs> It is a. Uh, it's a sen- In the sense of flights, is about travel. So perhaps it's uh, worth picking up if you're headed abroad and don't mind a bit of uh, serial wandering in your head. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Unfortunately, because I spent so long on the books of Jacob, Wenli has been stuck with the other five I... books on the International Booker Shortlist. Thanks for that, Wendy. What are your favourites?
1: Anytime. Yeah, one of the books that captivated me, although I don't think it'll win, was Cursed Bunny. So this is a collection of stories written by Korean writer Bora Chung and translated by Anton He. So there's some pretty surreal and weird stuff here. You've got stories from different genres, you know, magical realism, horror, science fiction, and so on. One of the ones that stuck in my mind was the first story, story of a woman who excretes or births by increments over many years a head that speaks to her from inside of the toilet bowl and calls her her mother. Huh? Um, yeah, after years go by the wo- the the woman the the female finger in the toilet bowl climbs out and replaces the real woman That's a pretty harrowing tale and kind of reminiscent of Jordan Peele's Us, which came out after the story. <laughs> anyway, um, there's another story in the book which seems kind of folklorish. It's about a man who becomes rich when he finds a fox that bleeds gold. And he finds a way to extract this gold from the fox by constantly wounding it, um, but at what cost, right? Um, We find out what to read on. So many of these stories in the book involve some kind of curse or characters who have been cursed in some way or seem to lead cursed lives. Very interesting. Where does the bunny come into it? It's a story about a cursed bunny. So okay. it's an object in the character's grandfather's house, um, which is described as a cursed bunny. That one doesn't leave much of an impression on me, um, for some reason. Mm, it's a very eye-catching title, though. It is. So a
0: couple of the other books on the shortlist that have been getting quite a bit of hype uh, include Septology by Jon Fosser and Mieko Kawakami's Heaven. Uh, what did you think
1: of those? Okay, let's start with a new name, Septology Six to Seven by Jon Fosser. So this was translated by Damien Searles. It's set in Norway and it's written in this stream of consciousness style. Um, we're not really any full stops. So it's the story of two men who are pretty confusingly both named Asla, spelled A S L E. Um, the name. So one of the Aslas is an aging painter and a widower, and the other Asla is also a painter, um, but he's an alcoholic. So we watch these two men interact with people in their lives, from you know an old lover to a fisherman, a gallerist, and we also get flashbacks to the two Uslers youths. A New Name is the last of three books. Um, it contains the last two parts of the septology cycle. So this particular book is a book that is slow. It's been described as slow prose, and nothing much really seems to go on. So it can be a bit disorienting at first, especially if you come into it without having read the other ones in the series. Um, You suddenly notice um, midway through the book that there are actually two characters um, with the same name and wonder what's going on. Of course, this confusion might be deliberate because um, Foster, I think, is trying to suggest that the two men are in some ways doppelgangers, just spiritual doubles, two sides of the same man. Once you get into it, I think this book is... A meditative read. It's almost a metaphysical experience, which is, I think, very appropriate because of the importance of religious faith in Foster's work. I actually felt quite ambivalent about some of the other books on the short list. Um, one of them was Miko Kawakami's short novel Heaven, which is translated by Sam Bett and David Boyd. It's about a 14-year-old Japanese boy who is bullied in school and he's mocked because of his lazy eye. And he forges a friendship with another student at school. It wasn't a bad book, but I didn't find it very memorable. And I think there wasn't just quite enough for me to sink my teeth into. Um, Another title is Alina Knows, written by the Argentine writer Claudia Pinheiro and translated by Frances Riddle. Its protagonist is a woman in her 60s. Um, and her daughter is found dead in the bell tower of a church. So this book is kind of written like a work of genre fiction. Um, It's a murder mystery where a woman in her 60s travels around Buenos Aires and tries to solve the mystery of her daughter's death. Lalina has Parkinson's disease, and her daughter was her primary caregiver. So it does raise some interesting questions about topics like caregiving, but again, for some reason, it left me cold. On to the last book on the shortlist, which is also the second longest one, had more than 700 pages. It's titled Tomb of Sand, Written mostly in Hindi by Gitanjali Shri and translated by Daisy Rockwell. Interestingly enough, its protagonist is an 80-year-old woman um, who lives in northern India. And she slips into depression after her husband dies, but then decides to travel to Pakistan to deal with some trauma she had faced during the partition of India in 1947. And along the way, she becomes filled with this renewed zest for life. According to the author Gitanjali Shri, this is a novel about borders. In particular, the borders women have had to pass through all their lives, and these could be metaphorical, physical, or real. I'm going to quote this passage from the novel where Ma makes a speech about borders. She says, A border is not created to be removed. It is meant to illuminate both sides. You removed me. Should I leave? No. A border does not enclose. It opens out. It creates a shape. It adorns an edge, this side of the edging blossoms, as does that. Embroider the border with a shimmering vine, studded with precious stones. What is a border? It enhances a personality. It gives strength. It doesn't tear apart. A border increases recognition, where two sides meet and both flourish. A border ornaments their meeting. Every part of the body has a border. So does the heart. A border surrounds it, but also binds it to the other parts. It doesn't wrench the heart from the rest. Fools, if you cut a border through a heart, you don't call it a border. You call it a wound. If you lock a heart inside a border, the heart will break. So this book at more than seven hundred pages starts off pretty slow and takes about two hundred pages for the elderly woman to get out of bed. That's a trend, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't very know modest. why. Yeah, and these are all very. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel many of the books on the shortlist are books that will be a hit with the critics, right? But for the average for the average reader, they might be might seem somewhat inaccessible and just feat of endurance to get through them. So I think while, while that might determine you readers, it's it's actually really well written and it's well translated. In her afterword, the translator Daisy Rockwell describes this book as a love letter to the Hindi language. The original book is full of puns, full of wordplay. So you must imagine how Englishly difficult it must have been to translate this into English. And you know what, what, what was lost in translation, what was transformed in translation, I don't speak Hindi, so I don't know. But I feel that Rockwell, to her credit, does her best to echo the music of the original book. And she also does sprinkle quite a few Hindi words, expressions here and there, which I think helped draw the reader into the character's world. Um, significantly, this is the first Hindi novel shortlisted for the international booker, which I think is great because mm-hmm. there are so many books by Indian authors writing in English. Um, it's easy to overlook the others, right? So I think it's great to see more international recognition for works that were originally written in the Indian languages. Olivia, who do you think will win? I'm placing my bets on books of Jacob, the books of Jacob or Septology. So it's very hard to say
0: <laughs> Definitely I think a banner year For Fitzcarraldo mm-hmm. Which is the publisher That brought out Both of those uh, And Paradise Which was long listed yep. As well uh, I do think that This is Tokajuk's Prize to lose She is the biggest name On the list She has the biggest book And uh, it's certainly A feat of both Writing and translation That deserves to be lauded Though not perhaps A winner that will be Widely read uh, You know But maybe We'll all be knocked For a loop Then it will go to curse Bunny
1: And that's all we have for you, this episode. Once again, thank you for listening to us. I'm To Win Lee, and I'm Olivia Ho. You have been listening to our Bookbug This Podcast. We'll catch you next time.
0: That was a podcast by the Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant.